Hi, I'm Glenn. And I'm Jim. And welcome to the Backstage Show. This week on the Backstage Show, we will be discussing putting the community, Glenn's doing the air quotes, in community theater. <laughs> yes, that's right, because as we all know, it is called community theater, so there are reasons for this, and several of them. There are? <laughs> I, th I think there are. I mean, other than it's just a theater that is generally in your community, I mean, that's of course, one obvious reason, but it's really done uh, with the community in mind. I think there are a lot of things that the theater tries to benefit the community and uh, conversely, the community can benefit the theater as well. It probably varies a little bit depending on the theater as far as the rela relationship goes. But yes, I yeah, believe but there are different elements to that in with different theaters and how they are tied into their specific communities. Agreed. I think the goal is for the theater to integrate with the community and enhance it. Uh, I don't know that communities actually are going to be going out and seeking theaters, but there are certainly benefits to having the theaters there beyond just the entertainment value. Sure, yeah. I think of, say, Playcrafters and Skipback. It is pretty much right on the main drag, so to speak. Mm -hmm. um, and... I'm sure it's probably one of the cornerstones of the the nightlife of Skipback. Yeah, I think it's kind of like a little an artsy-ish community there. Is artsy-ish, is that a word? It is now. Yes. I think it's kind of an artsy-ish community there, yeah, and, it, it, and it fits in rather well. Yeah, it caters to kind of variety of interests. Sort of a lot of that is based around shopping and kind of more eclectic mm -hmm. shopping, but there is also you know, dining and whatnot, but there is also uh, this uh, opportunity for entertainment. And that's kind of the unique yeah. way in which Playcrafters kind of fits that bill. Certainly not the only game in town, because there certainly are music performances and whatnot going on at various times. First Friday, I think they have, but um, mm -hmm. the theater having its ongoing season is a good example of keeping that running on a more consistent basis. Being a part of the scene, I guess, as it were. Right. So, yeah, I, I think Playcrafters is kind of a somewhat unique situation there. A lot of the theaters that, that you and I have worked at are kind of off the beaten path yeah. and harder to find. Playcrafters is literally in the heart of their community, but I think a lot of the yes. other theaters are not quite so fortunate, at least geographically speaking. Right. So, like, look at a Forge Theater. Phoenixville has a, a thriving arts community as well, but the theater is a few blocks off right. uh, the main drag there, uh, Bridge Street. So, it's not really the same sort of thing. That said, there's still ways that theaters do put the community in community theater. There are special performances, for example. Right. Uh, where Barley Sheaf does its uh, benefit show every year. So they can, theaters can raise money for charities in that way, whether it's a, a one-off performance of a show they're already doing or like in Barley Sheaf's case where they do a special show just to raise money for charity. Whereas I, I'm not sure exactly what the logistics of that are, if they take anything off of that. But as far as I'm aware, 100% of the proceeds when they do that go to the charity that they're raising money for. 
You know, they got to dip into the actor's salaries a little bit for that. Right. <laughs> Their salaries of zero. <laughs> so th- there are also theaters that do special performances, charity fundraising for themselves. Because, I mean, they are also part of the community and they need to maintain their buildings and whatnot. Yeah, I find that, I don't know, in my own experience, I haven't really encountered special performances geared towards that. It's more been, say, the 50-50 raffles that go on at each performance or just outright having a donation box in the lobby Mm -hmm. for contribute to our new roof fund or things of that nature. Yeah, but I've seen them do like uh, benefit, uh, what's the word, like a cabaret or that sort of thing. Okay. Where they're going to do a special musical performance just to raise money for, you know, like a a roof fund or whatever. So they do that. Mm -hmm. And then there's also uh, like a group fundraising sort of thing where like the special performances that the barn does where they'll sell it to a group and then the group will resell those tickets. Yeah, yeah, Village Players does that also in Hatboro. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, it's hiring the theater out. We've kind of talked a bit about that before. Uh, and yep. hire it out to a group, and the group is responsible for setting their own ticket prices and determining what they do with the funds and usually bringing in their own concessions if they wish to have them. Yeah, and, and that's like that. that's a way that they kind of integrate with the community and, and, and help out where... Things need to be helped out. Right. Uh, There are kind of some other aspects, too, which we probably touched upon a ways back as far as outreach with regard to having rehearsal space sometimes or audition space when needed. If Mm -hmm. there's just not enough space at the theater for everybody to do their thing concurrently. Uh, So sometimes arrangements can be made, say, with the local retirement community, for instance, to have additional rehearsal space. And usually there's some sort of a concession to that uh, organization to, you know, maybe provide complimentary viewing to the residents of the show, things of that nature, bringing them in. uh, Free advertising in the program. Arranging transportation, free advertising in the program. Uh, You look at most community theater programs and you're these days going to find tons of ads from a lot of local businesses, usually, Mm -hmm. many of whom may have uh, contributed things specifically to the show, like a a particularly valuable prop or costume, anything like that. So that's kind of where the scratch my back, I'll scratch yours element comes into it. Yeah. Of course, Jim is now jumping all over the notes that we have. This, so. <laughs> I'm a little stream of consciousness. <laughs> so much today. for organization. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if we, if we continue down the line of notes, um, <laughs> there's also community events that, that theaters get involved with. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm trying to think like uh, um, county fair, that sort of thing, where uh, theater will set up a booth there to give information about the theater, uh, pamphlets, brochures, whatnot. Sure. First Friday is another good example of that. If the local municipality has that, theaters may get a table there and promote the theater. And I do recall, I think um, Village Players might have appeared in the Hatboro Parade one year. Well, there you go. That's an annual community event that would happen uh, the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And I think they marched in the parade and uh, in various costumes. And it kind of brought visibility to the theater. Mm -hmm. Integrated it with the community. Yes, that's a great example. (laughs) 
There's also traveling performances that are done sometimes uh, they, that they'll do for a group. I, I think we were talking about that some with Kevin and Christine, yeah, where like yeah. uh, retirement homes and whatnot, they'll bring uh, a full show or scenes from a show or songs from a show and and benefit the community that way and uh, give them kind of giving back to the community, not charging for that sort of thing. Sure, that might be a situation where maybe the people who would be the audience of that maybe can't easily get to the show. Right. Yeah, that's that's certainly for retirement homes. Um, they'll also do them sometimes for schools. That'll that'll be like an, I guess, an educational outreach, depending on what they're doing. I can remember when I was, I think, yeah, it must have been in high school. We went to a performance of uh, West Side Story when we were studying Romeo and Juliet, which was kind of an interesting thing because, for those who don't know, which. I doubt anybody listening to this doesn't know, but West Side Story is, in fact, an adaptation of Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. <gasps> so, yeah. Yes. Shocking, I know. <laughs> so, Sorry, that was anyway, my asthma. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's, that's how you can do uh, community outreach to, to schools and, and such. Right. Donations come into play as well uh, as far as recognizing people who maybe went above and beyond to contribute to a particular production. Maybe they're not Mm -hmm. part of the cast or crew per se, but maybe they uh, provided a service or did something particularly special that really helped make a production succeed. And in that case, aside from maybe getting special mention in a program, they might also be, and this is one of many situations where might uh, at the discretion of the production, they may decide to offer comp tickets to uh, people who fit that bill. Sure. Yeah, that 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 happens. And there's also like uh, raffles or whatnot. If, you know, a uh, school is having I don't know what they call them. It's tricky tray is what we called them up in Jersey. But I don't think they call them that. Either. I don't know what that means. It's like a silent auction sort of thing. Okay. That schools will sometimes do to raise money. Why didn't you just call it a silent auction? I don't know. When I grew <laughs> up, they were always, it was always called a tricky tray. Somebody, somebody back me up on this. You got I can't. A, uh, email podcast at backstage.link or give us a call. What's the number? 267-225-8869. Again, right that is. Right the tip of his fingers there. Again, that is 267-225-8869. There we go. Back me up on the tricky tray thing. I know somebody else must have called it that. But anyway, so yeah, the the theater might donate tickets for that uh, or other sorts of raffles. Right. Would that be like season tickets or just one-offs? I don't know. I I mean, I guess it could depend on what the theater wants to do and what they feel they can afford. Yep. Well, the community... As we maybe allude to, the reason why these kinds of things happen is that the community can be a tremendous resource for things that a particular production might need. Absolutely. And I think this is where it really pays to make your community theater a part of the theater and put the community in your community theater. Because, you know, as you were saying earlier, there's tons of things that theaters can benefit from that are available in the community, such as rehearsal space, parking space, furniture, props, not to mention just, you know, cash and and people. The ever-elusive parking space. (laughs) Yes. I mean, there's so many, most of the theaters we deal with don't have their own parking lot or anything like that. A few of them do, but even if they do, it's not that uh, extensive usually. Right. So... There's got to be some place to park, and a lot of the times there's no street parking available, so the theater makes agreements with a local business that has parking that 
doesn't use it at night, which is when the theater is active. Right. For example, I think both Forge and Barley Sheaf have agreements with local churches where they can use their parking. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of... I'm, I'm sure there's other examples. Those are the only two I know of. Well, you got me thinking about that a little bit as far as situations where maybe there is street parking and that's all that's really available because the theater's lot is pretty limited and the overflow has to be on the street. In that case, the theater really has to establish a good relationship with the community. And in this case, I'm using community in terms of neighborhood as far as Mm -hmm. neighbors, establishing a good relationship with the neighbors because, let's face it, having a community theater right next door to you can potentially have... Uh, it's drawbacks for you as a private right. citizen. So you really kind of have to build that good neighbor policy or relationship with them as far as what they're going to have to expect when show nights or weekends happen and, you know, not having, having irate neighbors um, storm in and complain about what's happening. Which has literally happened at yes. Ford's Theater because that's another one that, you know, it's located on a residential street. Right. And they do have, they remind their patrons constantly not to park on that street, but it has happened in the past and neighbors have come in and interrupted at the very least rehearsals, possibly productions, complaining that somebody's parked on the, on the street. Now, technically speaking, this is a public street and anybody has the right to park there, but... Because Forge is trying to be a good neighbor and find its place in the community without, you know, angering the community, <laughs> they they have made that policy not to park on that street. Right. But even in cases where it is more permitted by the surrounding neighbors, it's something that uh, you don't want to abuse. Right. Absolutely. So that's where an agreement for parking can come in handy. But I mean, you know, in addition to potentially causing problems, theaters do provide benefits to the community when they are there. I mean, there are fundraising opportunities for the community that wouldn't necessarily otherwise be there. And the really big obvious one is the artistic outlet, which many places just don't otherwise have. Right. And I I was just thinking of another one, too. Um, I'll give you another example. Village Players is adjacent to a park. And I think there has been some sort of donation or fundraising campaigns that have helped to, say, for example, buy a brick kinds of deals mm-hmm. where they would help to, you know, revitalize and make improvements around some of the surrounding public property uh, adjacent to the theater that kind of benefits the community, so to speak, because it is public property and that's being enhanced, but also uh, improves the patrons the theater goes or experience getting to the theater as well so it's sort of sure. a symbiotic relationship as it were yeah and i think there are many things that can benefit both the theater and the community and there's also like uh the, there are a lot of theaters that do dining out fundraisers which will boost local yeah, yeah you know eating establishments they'll they'll give a cut of the check to the back to the theater so you know you go to some local restaurant and 10% of whatever you spend there will go to the theater. So they're boosting their own revenue because the theater's sending people there. Right. They're drumming the a lot of business for that something. particular establishment. Right. And then the theater takes a cut of that and benefits themselves as well. So it's a lot of things where both parties can benefit. Yeah. That's usually a case where, okay, on such and such a performance, 
after this performance at this restaurant at, on this date, tell them that you just saw the show and they'll make the arrangements. Yeah, they'll they'll do that, or even like Barley Sheaf has done stuff strictly with its membership. I don't know, actually, I don't even know if it's strictly with the membership. I do think that they also send that out to their patrons and let their let them know that like on just some random Saturday at the you know from four to six p.m. They'll they'll give ten percent of the of the cut to the theater, you know, whether that's after a show or related to a show or not. Okay, yeah, I'm not familiar with that practice. I'm more familiar with the practice that's associated with the performance. So, of course, one thing that we probably should address at this point is, in the current climate, it's probably a little more difficult to to keep up with the community. I mean. The, the fact that theaters are mostly dark now is certainly not helping, but but in addition to that, you you just have, like, so much stuff in the community is shut down, as well as the theater, so you kind of have to question how you can keep up with that in, in the, the age of corona. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. For lack of a better term. <laughs> it just sounds so bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Well, it is pretty bizarre at this point, but I mean, you know, there's there's the straight up begging for funds thing. That's one way theaters are trying to help help themselves stay afloat. Right. Uh, some theaters are still trying to find ways to think outside the box to put on some kind of productions. Uh, sometimes it, outside the theater. Yeah, be it uh, literally outside, be it a webcast kind of a arrangement mm. or be it a maybe even a pre-recorded element. Yeah. I guess the question at this point is how that affects being in the community and a part of the community or at this point is it even possible for theaters to really be thinking about the community when they're having so much trouble just staying afloat on their own. Yeah, I think in terms of some of those venues, the more virtual community rather than the geographic community becomes more mm -hmm. important in terms of establishing the support base or the family base that is not tied to a geographic boundary for that theater. I suppose so. And, and I mean, I guess you also question, is there anything that's changed? Because anything that would be happening with a lot of businesses is shut down anyway. I suppose like the dining out fundraiser could potentially uh, still be alive. I do think Barley Sheaf did one where there was like, you know, takeout from such and such a restaurant. Right, right. You could still they'll, they'll make, share. do something like that. Yeah. But overall, I guess it's just really difficult as everything else is in the age of well, Corona. I mean, as it gets, <laughs> once it gets warmer again, depending on where things stand, it could certainly be possible to do kind of an outdoor dining event pretty easily. Yeah. This is true. A couple more months. Mm-hmm. And hopefully within a couple more months, vaccines will be getting rolled out a little quicker and everything will be back in business. But we can only hope. We'll see. So I guess if we're talking about uh, coronavirus and that, we can we discuss how... <laughs> well, I mean, it's still on our minds. And I, I mean, I'm sure this is going to air a few weeks after we're recording it. But I know theaters are starting to gear up to think about their next season. I know I've been getting yes. uh, emails and such from Barley Sheaf, and I'm starting to wonder. Like, they are looking... Their, their show that was... 
they had a show that I think was two weeks away from opening, and they're planning to start next season with that in September because they were mostly rehearsed already. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think that's fantastic that they're able to do that, but then they're looking to, you know, reslate everything from October, November on. And I was in the October slot when this whole mess started. So now I have my debate about whether or not I'm going to put in again. Um, Right. I don't know if that debate will already be over by the time this airs, but yeah, it's, it's interesting because I feel like by the time that show auditions, vaccinations certainly are not going to be completely rolled out. By the time the show opens, they will. So it's like, what do I do? Do I do this and hold online auditions and start with online rehearsals? Do I just not want to mess with this? It's all sorts of interesting things. Yeah. Um, I know, for example, uh, Playcrafters is looking to basically redo the season that they plan to do last year, this year. Except Mm -hmm. that I think at least half the shows will not be in front of a live audience. They would be uh, webcast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I guess every theater's doing it a little differently. Yeah. And Village Players, by comparison, is planning to do a radio show that will primarily involve Zoom rehearsals and like one or two days of recording the actual show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know Barley Chief is finally like kind of inching online. They're doing uh, what they're calling monologue Mondays where they're releasing a, uh, a video monologue on each Monday that's uh, locally written and locally produced. So okay. those are all original pieces, which is interesting. But yeah, yeah they're, they're planning to go live and do their normal season for next year. Well, I mean, I, later this year, I guess. Well, we'll see what happens, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's a certain amount of confidence that the vaccinations will be mostly rolled out by the time they open, which is September. And I think that's reasonably certain. I mean, it's obviously nothing's a hundred percent, but they are expecting that, but it's all of the auditions and rehearsals that I get concerned with because that all starts happening over the summer. And, you know, we're here, what early February right now. And it's just starting to get rolled out. So it'll be interesting to see what happens and, and how it works out. Yeah, and uh, who turns out, you know, what impact this has as far as maybe what kinds of shows theaters are considering if they're concerned about, are they going to have difficulty recruiting people? Yeah, absolutely. Well, they will have to look to the community for that. Yeah. (laughs) Nice segue. yeah, I thought so. <laughs> I think that does kind of wrap up the uh, discussion of putting the community in community theater. I guess the bottom line is it's uh, it's an important thing. Uh, the community the community can survive without the theater, but the community <laughs> theater cannot survive without the community. Right. The community has the power to throw the theater out on this proverbial street, so to speak. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that the community benefits by having the theater there, but. I don't think it's an even trade. Probably not, especially because of the, uh, well, let's put it, let's face it. I'm sure there's uh, financial benefits of other types of businesses over community theaters. 
Uh, absolutely. I mean, it's I think the more of an aesthetic, artistic advantage. advantage. Yeah, exactly. I think that you can't measure as much as what other businesses might bring to the picture. But I don't think there's a de- certainly not a detriment to having a community theater in your community. I think there are definitely benefits to it. You know, we discussed what might be minor drawbacks, but I think overall it's it's a good thing. Invite a uh, theater to your community. Depends on what the community <laughs> wants to have, I guess, what kind of community it wants to be. I suppose so. Well, that about ties things up. So if you've got any comments or questions or if you have ideas for our last, I don't know, half dozen episodes or so, (laughs) you can contact us by visiting our website, backstage.link, clicking on contact the show, or you can leave us a voicemail or text message by calling us at 267-225-8869. Thank you for sparing me to have to say it a fourth time. You bet. Or a third time. Where I've lost count. (laughs) It's been at least two. I know that much. (laughs) If you've enjoyed today's show, please subscribe if you haven't already or leave a review or tell tell a friend about us. Yes. uh, As I said, we probably have like a half a dozen or so episodes left. Well, less than 10 at any rate. Yeah, I think it's a few Um, more than half a dozen. Yeah, I I mean... Depending on what order these are. (laughs) I, I keep saying if you want us to continue, let us know. I can't guarantee we will, but it would be nice to know that people at least want us to. (laughs) If you want us to stop, maybe let us know that too. (laughs) Yeah, if you want us to stop sooner than we reach 100 episodes, let us know. Well, too bad. It's not going to (laughs) happen. But uh, yeah, again, backstage.link, 267-225-8869. Next week, probably not next week, but next episode, which is probably going to air in two weeks, we will be back once again with Kevin and Christine Robinson. We recorded what was supposed to be three episodes, turned out to be four. We thought uh, we'd bust in and throw this one in there, but we'll be back with them next week in a general roundtable where we just kind of chat about theater in general. We got a lot of good material from them, so we got to use it. Milk it for all yes. it's worth. <laughs> Indeed. So until we are back with you, I shall remain Glenn. And I shall remain Jim. And thank you for joining us backstage. So long. Bye-bye. Sayonara. Sayonara. Hasta la vista. Adios. Not doing it this time. You. It's so nice that it puts you over my video in the corner so I know who I am. This will give us, like, at least three more weeks. Okay. Wait, four more weeks. It'll give us some time. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> All right, uh, since it's already a quarter of bedtime, uh, <laughs> which ain't happening today. Oh, that's how we're telling time now, huh? How meta. Sorry, the video quality is not yeah. so great. I can't really see too well. For a second, I thought I was interviewing Billy Gibbons of ZZ Top. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> and and the outtake of this episode would be Jim puking in the middle. <laughs> Does any of this need to be in quotes? Probably not. There's an outtake. I recorded it. Awesome. <laughs> okay. Shall we? We shall. That had a different cadence than usual, but whatever. Hey, gotta change it up a little bit. I kind of figured we probably would have done that more often but we didn't i'm waiting for you to intro this oh one. okay <laughs> Sad, I always what do are we it. gonna talk about today oh we did that already uh so this week uh-
I think the goal is for the community to integrate and enhance the, excuse me. Are you looking through me? Well, no, I'm looking over at the camera, but the, but you're, I, I've got you in the wrong window. Um, sorry, such as I got to read. notes. <laughs> yeah, this is an area I don't really know a okay. whole lot about. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll, let me, let me back up a little bit then. There's also like a uh, uh, traveling per traveling medicine there shows. <laughs> yes, <laughs> traveling Wilburys. Um, <laughs> what are sorry. you doing? There was a <laughs> there was some window popped up, but it was behind my phone, so I couldn't <laughs> see it. So I was like peering around my phone. <laughs> okay then. Heady. Yep. <laughs> You, you might hear him in the background when you're editing this. Uh, what are we, like, maybe 20 are minutes we, in? Are we done yet? <laughs> what else is there to say? <laughs> All right, how can we kill, like, another five minutes? <laughs> uh, so, what's to know with you, Glenn? <laughs> <laughs> so, until then, I am Glenn. I'm going to assume you finished because I didn't hear it. And I'm Jim, <laughs> and thank you for joining us backstage. <laughs> Let's, let's record that again because it <laughs> sounded weird. Smell you later. In podcasts, no one can hear you air quote.